0: Well, good morning and welcome to Opinion Hills Community Church. Who's excited to be here this morning? Good. Me too. Today, we are continuing on in our series called 2020, which is all about having clarity for the year that lies ahead for us with the year 2020. A Couple months ago, I'm backstage in my office and I'm preparing some documents on my computer for, a board meeting that I have coming up. Now, we have board meetings the second Tuesday of every month, and so I'm getting ready. I'm I'm typing an update on this and a report and a report on this and a status on this. I'm getting all my reports and everything ready, but as I'm sitting there looking at my computer screen, I start to have a, a headache. Now unfortunately for me in my life, I get headaches frequently, I get migraines quite often and so usually when I take medicine, the medicine will, will, will kick in in about 30 minutes, it'll get rid of my migraine and then I can go back to doing what I was doing. So I, I take some medicine, continue working on my, my reports. Unfortunately, 30 minutes goes by, and my headache's not going away. The migraine's not going anywhere. In fact, it's, it's intensifying. It's getting worse and worse. And the only thing that takes place, the only thing that helps when that's the case, is that I've got to get into a, a, a dark, cold room and maybe even take a nap, but I, but I just got to get away and, and block out all the light. So I'm, I'm typing my reports, and I'm like, I've got a board meeting tonight. I can't miss it because I'm the one that presents all these reports. And so I was like, I just need to go home and, and get ready. So I have about an hour before the board meeting, so I just need to go get into a dark, cold room. So I pack up my stuff. I go into my, uh, back home, I walk into the front door of the house and my wife's like, honey, why are you here? Don't you have a board meeting tonight? I was like, I do, but, but I have a headache, i got a migraine, so I'm going to lay in a cold, dark room and hopefully the migraine will go away before the board meeting. So I go into our master bedroom and I lay down I put a, a handkerchief over my eyes and I, the fan's blowing on me so it's a dark, cold room. So I'm wait, waiting there and, and, and laying there on my bed for about 30 minutes. Migraine's not going anywhere. My wife comes in and checks on me, and she says, honey, how's your head? And I said, Ugh. unfortunately, the medicine hasn't kicked in, the, do- the dark, cold room hasn't kicked in, like, it's getting worse, my migraine's getting worse and worse, and so she says, let me, let me try something. So she goes over to, to the, the little uh, bedside table, and she opens up the drawer, and there's a bunch of junk in there. She, pu- she pulls out this little vial of essential oil. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so... So when I even just say those two words, essential oil, it stirs things in people, doesn't it? Because quite frankly, in this community, we have a love or hate relationship when it comes to essential oils. Some people are like, essential oils are, are not valuable at all. They don't do anything. It's just a placebo effect. They're not helpful to anything. But then there's a whole other group of people that are like, I love essential oils. You like bathe in essential oils. You've got diffusers all over your house. This oil over here, it puts me in a good mood. This one over here, it helps me see things clearer. You have diffusers everywhere. You have like a whole array. You have like a medicine cabinet full of all of your essential oils. Did you know that some people even eat their essential oils? They put them in little capsules and they pop them like pills, like candy, I don't know. And so, I don't know, do people actually take essential oils and put it on like the pepperoni pizza and put it in the burrito, put it on their eggs? I don't really know. All I know is that there's a love-hate relationship when it comes to essential oils. Some people love them some people actually hate them here's my my two cents here's my opinion i think essential oils are the new app of 2020 here's what i mean by that remember back in 2009 when apple first came out with the first iphone and along with the first iphone they also introduced this marketing campaign of there's an app for that you know there's an app for everything right you you want to lose weight there's an app for that you want to find love? There's an app for that. You want to learn Spanish? There's an app for that. There's an app for everything, right? Did you know that, by the way, Apple actually has a copyright on the phrase? There's an app for that. So, Tim Cook, if you happen to be watching our church service from California, don't sue me for royalties. For the, There's an app for that. Here's my two cents I feel like essential oils are the new version of apps. Oh, you want to lose weight? There's an essential oil for that. <laughs> you want to find love? There's an essential oil for that. You, you want to learn Spanish? Shoot, there's an essential oil for that too. There's an essential oil for for everything. Here's Here's what I believe though. I think there's only one essential oil and it's this oil. Look at this picture. It's... Is there an essential oil to get you to shut up about essential oils? <laughs> that's the one that's essential. <laughs> anyway, so, so I'm not a huge fan of essential oils, but my, my wife comes in, how's your head? I said it's still hurting. Medicine's not helping. The, the, do, the, car, the dark room, the cold room's not helping either. So she pulls out this little vial of essential oil. She said, this one's called past tense. It's going to make your migraine go past tense. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm, at this point, I'm willing to try anything. My board meeting is like 30 minutes away. I'm like, okay, whatever. So she takes this, you know, dribble dribbles some of my temples and puts some over here and puts some over there. She's like, just lay down. I'll come check on you in a few minutes. So I lay down. Now, in all fairness, as I'm laying there, it smelled like a spa. <laughs> the oil scent is wafting into my nose. and I'm like, well, that's kind of nice. That's kind of relaxing. Maybe my migraine will go past tense. And as I'm laying there something begins to happen, there's a sensation that begins to take place, and my, my temples start to get warm. Kind of like icy hot. I don't know if you've ever used icy hot, but they like put it on, doesn't do anything right away, but then like you start to have this warming sensation. I was like, well, my, my temples are getting warm. But then it got warmer. And warmer. And warmer. I'm like, babe! you put on my face? You put Tabasco on my face? (laughs) Is this revenge for something that time that I scared you with a clown mask? Are you putting Tabasco on my face? She's like, it's called past tense. It's just got a warming sensation. It'll go away. Just lay down. i was like, okay. So I lay back down. I'm like, babe, feels like there's a blowtorch on my face right now. This is not very pleasant. I don't really know what this is supposed to do, but I don't think it's this. And she's like, just relax. The, the burning sensation's got to go away. It'll be fine. So, I okay, lay down. Well, here, here's the reality of what's actually taking place. I'm, I'm laying there squinting because of the pain from the fire on my face. I don't know why they call it past tense. It should be Satan in a bottle. That's what they should call it. <laughs> And when I, here's what I learned about myself in the last couple of months. When I squint my eyes, I got these little, like, I call them sunshine wrinkles right here. They're like really little arroyos that, that take the oil off my temples and puts them into my eyes. <laughs> so this past tense is present tense, in my eyes. And I'm like, ah! The oil's in my eyes! I can't see! I can't even open my eyes! I'm going to lose my vision! She's like, chill, it's going to go away. I'm like, ah! I kid you not, I tear off my clothes, I'm buck naked, I go into my, my master bathroom, I get in the shower, I turn on the water, now those of you who are oil freaks, you know, oil and water, what? Yeah, so I turn on this hot water, it's only making the heat worse, but it's as if the oil's laughing at me, it's just like, I'm repelling the water, ha, this is ridiculous. I'm grabbing for the soap. Here's the soap. I think I might have sliced my finger open on a razor or something. Yeah, there's the soap. I'm like putting it all over my face, lathering on my face. Nothing's happening. It's not going anywhere. I'm grabbing the shampoo. I'm pouring it like, out. Make the, the, the oils go away. I kid you not, my wife later on, she's like, why didn't you just put coconut oil all over your face? Co- Who puts coconut oil all over their face? Who would have coconut oil in their shower? What do you want me to walk out naked in the kitchen? Babe, I can't see anything. Where's the coconut oil? I want to lather my face with coconut oil. And who's going to know I didn't put coconut oil in my face? I'm putting shampoo on, I'm grabbing like washcloths, trying to scrub it off. I'm grabbing a loofah. Good thing my dog wasn't nearby. I would have grabbed the puppy. <laughs> I come to the realization, <laughs> there's nothing I can do. Water's not helping, shampoo's not helping, soap's not helping, my puppy wouldn't help. No, there's nothing that I can do. So I just realized I've got to ride out the storm. So I turn the water off. Face is still on fire. I feel like i singed my face with, like, I don't know, scorpions all over my face. It's like just hot. I get a towel. I dry off. And I go lay it on my bed. I'm, like, 15 minutes out from my board meeting. I'm, like, I just, I just got to open my eyes. And I'm fearful. What if I have no sight? What if I have no vision? What if this is, like, burned my eyes? I'm, like, I just got to open my eyes. On the count of three, I'm going to open my eyes. And it's just going to hurt. I'm just going to deal with it. I'm going to man up. So I'm, like, one two, two and a half, three. And I opened up my eyes, and it, it burned my eyes. It was still burning, but I was like, I just need to keep my eyes open. So I walk into the bathroom where there's a mirror, and I look in the mirror. My eyes are like bright red, where I've been scrubbing. <laughs> Looks like I've been smoking weed. <laughs> I look like I'm a diseased raccoon, like just red eyes. And I'm like, oh, this is fantastic for my board meeting. This is going to be great. I grab all my stuff. I, I get ready. I go out the door. My wife's like, good luck. I'm like, yeah, I love you. <laughs> I go to my board meeting. I walk into the board meeting. All these guys are like, Matt, are you okay? It looks like you've been crying for about a month or so. Are you... You all right? I'm like, nah, this this board meeting has got me choked up. (laughs) Uh, So I actually told them the story. I said, well, I got a migraine earlier when I was preparing all the reports, and so I tried to take medicine. Didn't work. I tried to get into a cold, dark room. Didn't work. I I went home, and so my wife pulled out, you know, past tense, this oil, and she put it all over my face. My face light's on fire. I tried to scrub it off. Didn't work. But here I am for the board meeting. (laughs) My board members are pretty compassionate. And one of the board members looks at me, and he says, well, Matt, here's the million-dollar question. You still got a migraine? I was like, well, come to think about it. No. <laughs> so another board member says, "See, essential oils do work." <laughs> now, I don't know. Do essential oils work? Do they? Now, I don't really know. All I know is that my face lit on fire, and for a moment there, I was like, I wonder if I'm going to have vision because it's horrifying to think what would life be like if you didn't have vision. That's why we asked the question last week when we started the series, "How's your vision?" Are you seeing things clearly? How is your vision? Assessing yourself, how do you see? Are you seeing clearly? Are you not seeing so clearly? How do you see your life? Do you see your life like God wants you to see your life, or do you perhaps see your life in the way that somebody else wants you to see your life? How do you view your role in this world? Do you see your role, how God sees your role, or do you see your role how somebody else wants you to see your role, perhaps how your parents wanted you to see your role? How do you see your potential in this world? Do you see your potential like God sees your potential or do you see your potential how somebody else perhaps might see your potential? My hope and my goal for this series is that this year we will see what God has for us more clearly than we ever have before. Now let me clarify that. I'm not saying or suggesting that we all need to have 2020 vision. What I am saying is that we all should have a vision for 2020. Let me say that again. I'm not saying we all need to have 2020 vision, but I do think that we all need to have a vision for 2020. That's why last week we created and crafted a vision statement together. Now, if you weren't here, that's okay. We're going to refresh your memory really quickly. Vision is an acronym. that stands for VISION. Vision stands for this. V of vision stands for value. What do you value? What's important to you? Because whatever's important to you is going to be determining what you invest your time, your money, your resources in. It's going to determine your actions. What do you value? The I, first I in vision stands for in individual. You are an individual. God's made you the way he wants you on purpose. You, my friend, are not an accident. You're unique. God's made you. You're his masterpiece. He's knit you together. You're an individual by God's design. So value how God's created you to be. The S stands for strengths. We all have strengths, gifts, Talents, abilities. Now perhaps your strengths are different than this person's strengths. Perhaps that person's strengths are different than yours. But you've got to d- identify and discover what are my strengths. Then the second eye is interests. What are your interests? What are your passions? Perhaps God has placed things on your heart, placed things on your mind that he wants you to have a passion for, an interest for. Now if you're like, well I don't really know what my strengths and my interests are. That's okay because other people know you really well. So perhaps go to the people that know you really well and ask them the question, what are my strengths and what are my interests? What do you see in me? And perhaps they can tell you a bunch of things and you could just write those different things down. Perhaps things you didn't even see in yourself. The idea with strengths and interests is to find the sweet spot where those two things intersect. So the the vision is of valuing your individual, your strengths and your interests for the sake of the O, for the sake of others. To serve others, to bless others, to help others, to equip others, to love others. Rick Warren came out with a book years ago called The Purpose Driven Life. Just curious, who, who has written or read, not written, read The Purpose Driven Life? Anybody read it a couple years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was? First line of that book, I don't know if you remember it, but it says, It's not about you. The whole purpose of your life is not about you. The purpose of your life is loving God and loving others. It's about other people. Value your individual strengths and your interests. That sweet spot for the purpose of other people now. You don't need to wait till next semester, next year, next decade. You don't have to put things off. You can do those things right now. Take how God's wired you and equipped you. Take that vision, the value of your individual strengths and your interests for the sake of other people right now. And and like we talked about last week, if there is no vision, this is what we see in in, uh, Proverbs. Solomon says, where there is no vision people perish. When people have no vision, when they don't understand what their purpose is in the world, perhaps they get depressed. They feel like maybe their life's not worth living. Perhaps they think that I have nothing to contribute to this world. And that's not the case. Sometimes it's just how it feels. When you lose sight of what God has for you, when you lose sight of God's vision for your life, sometimes, sometimes it hurts us inside. But what do we do? We don't want anybody to know that. We don't want anybody to know we're struggling. So what do we do? We put on our Sunday best and we show up to church. We do a meet and greet and we shake somebody's hand unless they look like they have the flu. And then you're like, oh, fist bump. People ask you the question, hey, how are you doing? You're like, great, fantastic. I'm doing excellent. But the reality is that you're not doing great. You're not fantastic. You're not doing well. Trying to put on a front. Trying to put on a facade, trying to make it seem to everybody else around you that everything's good when you're dying, perhaps, inside. This isn't anything new. This has been going on for thousands of years. People for thousands of years, even in Jesus' day, would try to pretend that everything was good on the outside when it really wasn't. In fact, that rubbed Jesus the wrong way. At some point, he sees some religious leaders and he he goes up to them and they're trying to put on a front. They're trying to put on a facade. They're trying to make it seem as though everything's good on the outside when on the inside it's not. So he confronts them. He calls them out. Matthew chapter 23, verse 27. Here's the words of Jesus calling out the religious leaders. He says, you are like whitewashed tombs. Which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. You're like a a beautiful casket. On the outside you look perfect, but on the inside you're rotting away. Quite frankly, I think this verse, Matthew 23, 27, could very well be the tagline for Instagram in 2020. Or Facebook. You see, sometimes people take 39 different selfies trying to get the perfect one. They finally get the perfect shot, and then they edit it, and they Photoshop it, and then they they put a filter on it, and they put it out for the world to see. This isn't true for everybody, but it's true for some people. They put it out for for everybody to see. Look at my perfect life. Look at how everything is great. Look at everything is all hunky-dory. Look at my perfect pictures, my perfect picture life, my picture perfect photos. And the reality is that inside, they're lonely. Look at how everything looks great on the outside, but in the inside, I'm depressed. On the inside, I'm saddened. Sometimes that's because we don't see our lives the way God sees our lives. We don't have the vision for our life the same way that God does. There's a song that came out years ago by a band called The Veronicas. The song title is called Mother Mother and the lyrics of the chorus go like this. They say, I'm hungry, I'm dirty, I'm losing my mind everything's fine! (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put that song on my album when it comes out. Isn't that how oftentimes we are though? I'm hungry, I'm dirty I'm losing my mind everything's fine. When everything's not fine. Sometimes we try to make it seem as though on the outside everything's fine. Everything on the inside is not fine. We try to make things seem they're beautiful on the outside. But on the inside it's anything but beautiful. On on the outside we want to make it seem like we have it all together. But on the inside everything's falling apart. When we're not in alignment with God's vision for our lives. I had a pastor come to me a couple months ago. He said, Matt, I want to to tell you, I, I struggle with anxiety. And I said, well, that's, that's fine. Like, we can talk about that. Let's, let's work through that. And he said, well, are you sure? Because I had another pastor give me the advice to never say that out loud. To never tell anybody else that I struggle with anxiety. Because he's, he told me, quote, pastors aren't supposed to have struggles. Wow. I wish that was the case. I wish pastors didn't have struggles. Pastors have struggles. Pastors have temptations. Pastors make mistakes. Newsflash. Pastors aren't Perfect. I am but most other pastors aren't perfect. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know you know I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. Romans 3:23 says this, for all have sinned. Pastors and everybody else. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know we all have messed up. But here's the interesting thing is that we don't want anybody to know. We know that everybody screws up, but, but we want to put up a facade. We want to put up a front. We want to make it seem as though everything's perfect. My life is flawless. But in reality, you're just faking it. Here's the truth, friends. If you take taking notes, you can write this down. God doesn't want you to fake what he really can make. God doesn't want you to fake what he really can make. Now, I'm not suggesting that God wants to give you a perfect, flawless life. We go through the roller coasters of life. But even though, even though life's not perfect, I do believe that you can have a very fulfilling life. That you don't have to fake that. You don't have to pretend to the world around you everything's great when it's not great. You, you really can have a rich and satisfying and full life. Look at what Jesus says in John 10, 10. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's what it came for, so you can have a full life. You see, friends, when you live the life that God intended you to live, you experience the fulfillment he intended you to experience. When you live your life the way God wants you to live your life, you experience excitement in the way he wants you to experience that. And When you live your life in the way that God wants you to live your life, you experience joy the way he intended you to experience. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. When you live your life... The way God intends, you will experience joy the way He intends you to experience it. If you're not experiencing joy, perhaps you're not living with the vision that God has for your life. Because the natural reaction of living according to His plans for your life, His will, results in joy, even when life's not perfect. Look at what James 1:2 says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, even when life's not flawless, even when life's not perfect, we can still experience joy when we're looking at our life the way God looks at our lives. Now, here's my assumption my assumption is that when I talk about how you can live a full life, That you can live a joy-filled life. My assumption is that there's not a single person in this room or a single person watching the live stream right now. My assumption is that there's not a single person that's like, nah, no thanks. God offers me a full life? Nah, I don't want a full life. I want an empty life. I can have a joy-filled life? Nah, I'd rather have a miserable life. By a raise of hands, anybody want a miserable life? Nobody wants that. Nobody Nobody wants a miserable life for themselves. You know who wants a miserable life for you? Your enemy. Your enemy who, who wants to kill and destroy. He wants to ruin you. He wants to ravage you. He doesn't want you to experience anything that God wants you to experience. He wants to ruin your life. He doesn't want you to experience a rich and satisfying and full life. He wants to trick you, deceive you. He wants to take your vision off of the vision that God has for your life and try to deter you, try to convince you to look over here instead. The enemy is going to say, don't look over here, look over here. Don't pursue this, That what God wants you to pursue. Pursue this instead. Don't fall in love with this. Fall in love with this, what the world has to offer, instead of what God has to offer. Look at what 1 John 2, 15 says. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone, anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. Verse 16, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Our enemy does not want us to do the will of God. Our enemy does not want us to have the vision that God has for our lives. Perhaps you've heard it said before, if the, if the enemy can't make you bad, he'll make you what? Busy. If the enemy can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. He's going to try to distract you. God's got this vision for you. And the enemy's like, no, 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 no. I I want you to be distracted. I want you to look over here, over here, anywhere where God wants you to focus. I want to convince you to not focus there. Look what Solomon says, Proverbs 17, 24. It says, a discerning person keeps wisdom in view. But a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. A discerning person keeps God's plans in view. What God wants them to see keeps that in view. But a foolish person gets distracted over here, over here, over here. For example, we know God wants us to do life with other people. It says in scripture, I've, I've preached sermons about it. We have different life groups here at this church where we make it a possibility. We're, we're launching a new uh, semester of life groups coming up in the next couple of weeks. We have campus life groups. We have home life groups. We have interest life groups. All different ways where you can do life with other people. But when we promote it, when we, when we talk about it, the enemy is like, hey, don't look over there. Look over here. And, and you turn to look at what is the enemy? <laughs> What's he trying to say? God's wanting you to look over here, focus over here. But the enemy's like, no no no, 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 over here, over here. Hey, you don't need to do life with people. No, you're strong. You're good on your own. You don't need a whole group of people talking about their feelings. You don't need that. You're way better than that. You're bigger than that. You're stronger than that. Don't look over that way. No, you look over here. And he's trying to distract you from what God wants you to focus on. Perhaps you know that God's will for your life is to be obedient to his call. It's not just with relationships and life groups. It's a matter of he, he entrusts things like our strengths and our interests and our passions, but also the gifts he's given to us, our finances. So to help with people honoring God and in their finances, we're launching a Financial Peace University coming starting this coming Tuesday at 6.30. And some people have the good intention, oh, I'm going I'm to plug in, I'm going I'm to do, do a Financial Peace University. I've been meaning to do it for years. So I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm to make this a resolution. I'm going to make it a goal. But then all of a sudden, Tuesday afternoon... The enemy's like, oh, no, don't don't look over there. Don't look over there. Over here. Look what's on sale. (laughs) You need to go buy this. That's going to bring you contentment. That's going to bring you joy. Hey, 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 hey. Over here. Over here. Hey, you worked hard for your money. You, you get to spend your money however you want. Nobody gets to tell you how to spend your money. Hey, hey, don't listen to that Dave Ramsey guy. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. You, you look over here. Right, what I've got for you leads to true contentment. He's trying to whisper lies to you. Trying to get you distracted from what God wants you to focus on. God's will for you is to train your children in the way they should go. And, and what that means, there's a variety of ways that we can, as a village, raise children together. We have a student ministry for middle schoolers and high schoolers. meets every single Sunday night. Perhaps students in here, perhaps you're like, okay, I, I, I want to go to that. But then all of a sudden, Saturday, Sunday afternoon comes. Oh, I'm distracted. I, I want to go over here and hang out with my friends. Or I got I to do this. And then sometimes parents, we're the ones that we help create the distraction. They could be connecting with other people, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. They could be around other people who are like-minded, other Christian students, but instead we hear this whisper, hey... Your kid has to be involved in as many activities and sports as possible. Because you gotta get him into the best college. You gotta make your kid competitive. You gotta make your kid marketable. So forget church, forget going to be a part of a youth ministry. No, 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 no. Let's get you involved in as many possible things as you possibly can. Dinner with the family? No, 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 no. We got other stuff that this kid's got to be involved in, and we we listen to how busy we are supposed to make our kids, and all of a sudden we're being distracted. The enemy is distracting us on purpose from what God would have us focus on. We know that the will of the Lord is to invest in our marriage if you're married. To be patient in God's timing if you're not married. Sometimes with married people you're like, oh, you know, I need to invest in my marriage. I need to have a date with my spouse. We have a date night coming up. First time we've ever had a Valentine's date night. It falls on a Friday night. February 14th, Friday night. We're going to have a, a, a buffet here. We're having Christian comedians coming in. I, I've seen their act before. They're absolutely hilarious. You can register, phcc.church. We're trying to set you up for a date night. We've booked these comedians over a year ago leading up to this date night to help the people who are married. If you're single, you can still register. 30 bucks for an individual. If you're, if you're married, if you're in a relationship, $50 for couples. But as, as you're thinking about, well, that would be kind of cool, all of a sudden, <coughs> hey, you don't need a date. You don't need to date your spouse. No, you don't need to spend money on that. She knows you love her. He knows you love him. Hey, let, let's invest your, your time doing something different. You don't need to invest any time in your marriage. Oh, intimacy? You don't need that. Sex in your marriage? You don't need that. Invest and look somewhere else other than where God wants you to invest in your marriage. He's trying to distract us from everything. God says, I want to have a relationship with you in this year. And then the reality is that the average person that comes to church comes once out of every three weeks. Why? The slopes need you. You need to go skiing, you need to go snowboarding, you need to come to church. You could do something else. That's where you need to invest your time. God says I want you to talk to me. Make your requests known. Have a prayer life. The enemy says no, no, you don't need to pray. You need more sleep. That's what you really need. The Bible says we need to, to grow in our knowledge and understanding of God. God knows us. He knows the number of hairs on your head or the lack thereof. He knows you really well. He says, Know me back. I love you. Will you love me back? So you think about opening up your Bible and reading Scripture. Hey, you don't need to open your Bible. What you need to do is turn on Netflix and watch that series that everybody's been talking about. This is the reality of how our enemy operates. Whatever God wants you to see, whatever God wants you to focus on, the enemy says, no, 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 look over here, look over here. Look anywhere but where God wants you to look. And it's messing up our lives. Author Joyce Meyer says this. She says, Satan is the master distractor. He is always working to keep us off track with our walk with God. And for many of us, he's been succeeding, hasn't he? He's been trying to convince you to look over here instead of over here. God says, look over here, focus on this. And he's trying to distract you. The enemy's trying to get you to look over here instead of over there. And, and there's all these distractions. And sometimes our head is like on a swivel as we're looking all around. But here's the truth, friends. You need to understand this. Nothing, nothing that the enemy is going to distract you with. Nothing that's going to take your vision away from what God wants you to, to focus on. None of that will come even close to what God has in store for you. Nothing he's trying to to take away your attention, your focus, your vision. None of that comes even close to the life God wants you to experience. The rich, the satisfying, the fulfilling life. None of those distractions come even close. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's the final blank in your notes. Don't settle for a dull life when you can have a full life. Whatever the enemy is going to try to distract you with is nothing in comparison to the life that God has in store for you. It's not shiny, it's dull, it's boring, it's mundane in comparison to the full, rich, satisfying life that God has for you. So let's, let's make the determination. Make the determination, I'm going to have God's vision for my life. And when you have God's vision, when you say, I'm going to do this, the enemy is going to do everything you possibly can to change your mind, to distract you. And we need to be, be, be people who are focused on what God wants us to focus on. And we need to persevere in that. Look at Hebrews 10.36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he's promised. What has he promised? A rich, satisfying, fulfilling life. So that's what we get when we persevere. How do you persevere? You keep going. You keep focusing. For some people, it's a matter of refocusing. You focus on what God has intended you To focus on. You live your life. The way God intended you to live your life. And as a result of that. You will experience joy. The way God intended you to experience joy. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And in honor of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Let me close our time this morning. By quoting him. MLK once said. The time is always right. To do what is right. Perhaps the time to do what is right. Is right now. Perhaps the time to refocus your life and your vision for your life is right now. Not next year, not next semester. Right now. Perhaps the time to do what's right in God's eyes, how he sees it, is right now. Maybe you've been putting it off. Maybe you've been distracted. But but the time is right, right now, to do what is right. When you live your life the way God wants you to live your life, you will experience your life the way he intended you to experience your life. And you don't have to fake it. You don't have to put on a front. You really can live a rich, satisfying, full life when you have God's vision for your life. Let's pray. God, I thank you for every single person that's made the investment of their time this morning. I thank you for the fact that they've showed up here to church. God, I I know that it's so easy to be distracted by what the enemy wants to, to dangle in front of us. And Father, I pray that we are not distracted. That we stay laser focused on what you would have us focus on. That we would take this vision that we have based on scripture. That we would value the individual strengths and interests for the sake of other people right now. That we would use our lives the way that you've equipped us and designed us for the purpose of other people. And as, as other distractions come our way, I pray that we can just tune that out and be blind to it. Because where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, there's a negative consequence with that. So Father, I pray that you clarify. Help us see your vision for our lives. That we would not settle for the dull life. That the enemy wants to convince us is better than the full life. That we would trust you. We would follow you. We would be obedient. And we would be laser focused on what you would have us looking at. The vision that you have in store for us. May we be honoring to you. May we be in alignment with your will for our lives. And we say this in Jesus name. Amen.